0: how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to part two of this Hey Human podcast. This is episode 196 continued with Athena Demos. So if you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend it because certain things we talk about in part two will really only make sense if you listen to part one. I'm not going to go through all the usual stuff on this because again, part two and they're coming out on the same day. Uh, I'm very excited. I've never done that before. Put two out in one day. Scandalous! I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening, everybody. Here we go. Hi, Athena. Welcome to part two of your
1: story. Yes, part two (laughs) of my story. I feel like I'm on part like 50 of my story. Well,
0: part two at least on Hey Human. Yeah. Yeah, it's where we last left off. You had quite the family history, growing up history. So, Mm -hmm. But there's still so much more because what you're heading into, some of your big plans. And also, you and I had a conversation once uh, about love, and that was really
1: interesting. So I want to get into all that stuff, too. So uh, where should we begin? Where do you want to start? Um, Well, we can start with uh, the weekend that I just had. Oh. Because you mentioned uh, we had talked about at one point in time about uh, Alison Armstrong, and that I attribute Alison to... Providing me with the tools I needed to be my best self. Let's talk about first who Allison is for people that don't know. Okay, Allison Armstrong is a transformational leader. She teaches workshops. Um, She has all sorts of materials online now. When I started with her, everything was live in person with her. Um, But now it's so much easier. You can access her stuff 24-7 online. Um, Her website is (laughs) understandmen.com. It's not necessarily about understanding men. It's about understanding everyone. Uh, but that was her little hook to get people understanding Understandingmen.com. Understandingmen.com. This men. is a bunch com. of blank pages. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. say that about women. Yeah. Understandingwomen.com. Sure. But she has... She... She she's a very observant person and so this is her 30 plus years of observing men and women and how we communicate with each other and seeing the ways in which we don't communicate well with each other the ways in which our instincts get in the way Mm. our lizard brain Mm -hmm. how did you find her Uh, A friend of mine recommended, so shortly after my divorce, and my four miscarriages, and my just mental, I know. (laughs)
0: Well, well, I'm sorry, the Pandora's box, like,
1: oh, there's another thing. Oh, (laughs) here, by the way. So, the last two years of my marriage involved um, me and my husband, we were trying to have a child. And in two years, I had four miscarriages. And I was an emotional, hormonal nightmare. Like I didn't know what was going on with my body. I didn't know hormonally what was going on with my body. I'd been on birth control for over 20 years and now I wasn't. So this stable flat line that I was experiencing because I was on birth control, now I wasn't. And so I was like, going through cycles and not understanding what i was going through and then progesterone and pregnancy and and i had four miscarriages in two years which is a lot for anybody yeah Yeah. it's like being an elephant but not producing anything you know you're pregnant for 22 months so um so my husband left me and because of that um uh, other stuff there's yeah so, the reason why he left me, you'll have to ask him. Mm, I get that. But said, I... Can, let's bring him in. Yes, let's bring him in. Let's just call him right now. Um, but the I, I can own that I was not a pleasant human being to be around. I just wasn't. I wasn't my best self. Uh, I didn't know what was going on in my body, so I forgive myself for that. And we have since reconciled and were friendly towards each other. Oh, that's lovely. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be around me either during that. I mean, I was angry and I was scared and I was frustrated and... And grieving, probably. And grieving and mean. But I wasn't grieving. I was hiding my grief with anger and taking it out on him. And he was used to having a mother who was bipolar, manic depressive. And now here his wife is exhibiting all those signs. After you know seven, eight years of me being pretty normal and fun, all of a sudden I'm this crazy lady. And he found a woman that accepted him for who he was and had an affair. So, it and it was right when I, the last time I found out I was pregnant was when he started to do this. And I had my fourth miscarriage right after he left me, moved out of the house because he wanted to be with her. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I all my friends sort of bolstered around me to try to help me and guide me through whatever. And one friend gave me a gift certificate to go to Alison Armstrong. She if you it used to be if you attended one of her workshops, you would get the certificate for a hundred dollars to give to a friend. And it allowed you to actually take her workshops for a hundred dollars. So I took her first workshop for a hundred dollars. Now it's like a thousand dollars for a weekend. You just gotta add another zero onto that. But that was 2012, and um, and I took the workshop, and I, I realized that it wasn't my fault. It was my fault, but it wasn't my fault. Like, I was acting purely on instinct. I was acting directly from a place of, as Allison calls it, human animal, my homo sapien self. I was just trying to survive and my instincts were driving me to act in a certain way that wasn't conducive to partnership. And my husband reacted in a way that wasn't conducive to partnership. And he was trying to save himself and save his masculinity. And I was just trying to emasculate him as often as I possibly could. Because he was an idiot, according to that Athena, not according to this Athena. I see what he was doing, and I see what I was doing. And I forgave myself, and therefore made room to forgive him. Mm, That's beautiful. And a year after studying with her, um, I took several workshops after that. And a year in, I took this one workshop called uh, the the Queen's Workshop. It's now called Being Extraordinary as a Woman. Where she gives you the tools to find who you are, like who individually who you are and who you can be, and the tools to get yourself there. And I realized I needed to forgive him. And the minute I did, my growth was exponential. And we found a place to be friends again. But it was all because of Allison. And and you And me (laughs) Yeah of course I mean how many people Do we know Have gone through These transformational workshops And there's millions Of leaders out there And they don't do the work But they go I have friends of mine That they go to Tony Robbins Fucking every single time because they think going to the they think event going is enough is the the work, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah. And so many of my friends have gone through Landmark. And, oh yeah, sure. I and I would say fifty percent of them have done the work. Yeah. And they're exemplary human beings because of it. Mm-hmm. And the other fifty percent just keep paying money and keep going to the different workshops and yeah. don't change. Well, doing the work is painful. It's it hard. is hard.
0: It's a lot. It's it's more than work.
1: <laughs> it is but the joy on the other side of it is worth it like I say you have to swim through a lot of shit to get to the flowers on the other side it's the best compost mm. so we have to compost ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: to bloom and that's what I did it's it's the butterfly. There's I mean, all sorts of allegories for it. Yeah. Jesus going
0: through hell. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff, right? There's yeah, the butterfly
1: puts it, the, the caterpillar puts itself in a metamorphosis, cocoon, liquefies sure. itself and yeah. comes back as this other sure. complete creature, sure, which sure. I think is the craziest thing that happens on this planet.
0: It's her, yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> out there. It's um. Is her end game, does she attract people that are seeking love? Or just, uh, is she attracting people that are seeking, working on themselves? Because it seems like to, to have it be this moniker of, you know, understanding men, that that, is that just the hook that gets the people in the door kind of thing? Or is, is that her end game to, it's fascinating.
1: That's her hook. Okay. That was her hook. She's in the process of changing right now. Things are becoming... I mean, her company called PAX, which is the Latin word for peace. Her end game is that she wants to create peace on earth and goodwill towards all men. It's noble. This it's is so a, totally noble. It's a good one. Um, I'm down with that one. She, her, Her overall methodology is to teach the principles of partnership so that we can all work with each other in partnership whether it's a husband-wife partnership or a business partnership or a familiar partnership mom daughter mom you know parents kids uh family or just friend partnership i mean i think it sounds to me like the bottom line is the first partnership
0: she's trying to foster is the one with oneself yes and you know our light and shadow
1: our masculine and feminine all that resides within us and that we have everything within ourselves Mm -hmm. that that We should not make our homo sapien self, our animal self, wrong. That it's necessary. I wouldn't know whether I needed to eat or I needed to pee or I needed to breathe if my homo sapien self wasn't taking care of that. So that is super essential. But I have this prefrontal cortex that allows me to have empathy and compassion and conscious rational thought and logic. That all comes from there. But my split second response is always lizard my, brain. my lizard brain first. And then my override is my prefrontal cortex. And so you get lizard brain, prefrontal, lizard brain, prefrontal. And then what she teaches you is how to decide. How to decide what is the right reaction. Because when I was assaulted in Cusco, lizard brain saved my life. Prefrontal cortex did not save my life. So there are times when that, as she calls it, human animal needs... it's, It's very valuable. So we need partnership between the two. We need to know when to... Um, shut down that prefrontal cortex and let lizard brain go. And um, the other person I love reading and learning about is a man by the name of Jamie Wheel. And he uh, wrote... uh, or he has a project called the flow genome project and being in flow being in a flow state yeah we've talked to uh, michael
0: angelo is on the show and he talked about oh this. really yeah, yeah it's
1: very cool oh he's so amazing very very cool yeah so flow state is flow yeah. state is Learning something from this is my interpretation of it. Mm. Learning something from your prefrontal cortex so well that it gets ingrained into your lizard brain as a new state so that that instinctive quick reaction flow state that the lizard brain is so good at then takes on these new qualities this is the sort of
0: thing they teach in acting class, which is new to me this acting class stuff and it's it's very much that that you know everything so well that you're it's not you're not someone else anymore now yeah. that you are the person it's become part of your flow which is fascinating
1: and that's what Allison teaches is that we do this so often that when you're override to a reaction to a stimuli that isn't appropriate anymore, like um, PTSD is an extreme version of that, where you have this fear response every time you hear a loud noise, and you can condition yourself to not have that fear response to that loud noise, but notice it. It's okay to notice it, not respond to it Mm -hmm. but once you get that override going enough you don't even have like a little jerk of the hand or a little you know whatever the tension in your body doesn't even appear you just notice and I've taken almost every single one of her workshops there's a few that I haven't um not for any other reason than time and money and um mainly time and I took her certification course which is a 10 month mastery, immersion, into a specific topic where she teaches me the information I have to go out into the world interview people regarding the information get feedback from it put together my own curriculum and then teach it back And um, so I did that so I'm certified to teach some of her material Even are you doing that? Uh, no I'm not, I did it more for myself Mm -hmm. I thought that I wanted to become a coach and I tried it on and I enjoy it I don't enjoy the business side of it so I didn't. I didn't go down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, you know, have my domain and my email and all that stuff. And I still coach people. Um, I still have friends of mine that come to me all the time, and they're like, "This is what happened to me," or "This is this is the response I got from my wife, and I don't understand it." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, well, let me interpret that for you." So I feel like I'm a I'm a gender translator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How has it shaped your relationships <clears throat>
1: now? Oh, completely differently. I. Uh, through Allison's work, I'm a completely different person. I'm I'm still me, but instead of me being my Homo Sapien self, I'm human. Like I truly believe we we can choose to evolve. We can make the choice to we have to identify the ways in which we are Homo Sapien and then choose to evolve and become human. We're not innately human. We cannot just say that I'm a human being. You're a human being when you choose to be humane. Humane beings are human beings. We're a society that can choose to be humanity. And I think we're on the precipice of evolution where we are we can make the choice to change. Um, we can make a choice to be human. Mm-hmm. Now, I got into an argument with a friend of mine last night where she works with people who have mental disabilities. And so she said, so you're saying some people don't have the capacity to be human if they don't choose it? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, some people don't have the mental capacity to be humane. They just don't. A passive-aggressive narcissist. A psychopath just choose to no longer be a psychopath they actually have chemistry diff different I don't want to say wrong I almost did but their brain chemistry is different so that they are incapable of empathizing of having kindness of being compassionate and sympathy and their logic is wrapped up in their own
0: um, agenda.
1: Own agenda of personal success, mm. and everyone else doesn't matter. That's not humane we know we all know those people for sure oh and the, yeah they're and all over our lives all over our lives constantly and there's millions of books written about mm. you know living with the there was one living with a passive-aggressive man that I read right after my husband left me because I thought my, that was his
0: problem was all on my shelf
1: uh, children of the self-absorbed children of the self-absorbed <laughs> yeah there's millions of books about it so yes there are people that are just homo sapien and they have no choice to choose to be humane yeah,
0: they have moments sometimes obviously i think they dip in and out some people not everyone some people
1: some dip people. in and out i think the truly psychopathic people oh, well that's a whole other ball of dip in and out for their own agenda sure they show kindness because it gets them it ahead. serves them it sure. serves them yeah I agree right that. instead of um the word humanity is a is a big deal Yeah,
0: I I think I'm in agreement with that for sure.
1: And there are there are people that we consider when we in just like society as a general that have a disability that I think are born innately human. I agree with that. Like people with Down Down syndrome,
0: syndrome. That's just yeah. Down
1: syndrome. I think they are heart open kind loving yeah. they go through their emotions but as a whole i think they're, they're very present b- they're very present and they're born mm-hmm. innately human
0: mm-hmm.
1: i wasn't born innately human i'm kind i have i was raised to be kind and i'm i'm a very uh, kind understanding and empathetic person i'm a very perceptive person to other people's needs and desires and emotional states mm-hmm. But I have to choose that. Mm. I could just as easily go on the self-serving train. I've done it. Uh, so I choose. I choose to be human. And there are times when I dip back down <laughs> my human-animal self. But, but I prefer the other choice. And through Allison's work, I've discovered that I even have a choice. And so I, I love Allison. So I spent all weekend with her. She did this new program that she has called Lux. The whole thing was about honoring, um, the process of honoring, like how to honor, how to honor yourself first. You have to honor yourself first and then honor others and honor them for who they are and who they present themselves to be to you. So if you're a, a narcissistic asshole and you present yourself to me as a narcissistic asshole, I can honor you as a narcissistic asshole and protect myself from you. Mm -hmm. And that's how I honor myself first before honoring you. It's good work. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I, I love that. I was like, oh, yes, I love this. The process of honoring. I can honor you for who you present yourself to be. If you're a kind, human person to me, then I can honor that and I can decide to have you closer in my life with me. It does remove a lot of judgment. I think
0: um, that that's a tricky one for people because I say that a lot. If you're a terrible person, I appreciate that you're a terrible person. That says I can do very little. I won't say nothing because it's an absolute, but I can do very little to change that in you that's on you and it is a safety measure to Mm -hmm. look at someone and say all right that's who you are okay because I think when we start to dive in no one can change anyone else it's it's all on them I mean you can go to classes or lectures and listen to other people talking but again the work starts solely with oneself Allison
1: (sighs) yeah Allison doesn't change anybody She presents you with a really good case. Yeah, it would be impossible. She can't. She tells you great stories. She's a great storyteller. She's a great storyteller. And she shows you examples of the way you might be and the way you could be. And then you get to choose. And some people choose and and some people don't. Mm. You know, there was... Uh, God bless this woman. There was a, a woman and her husband that were in the workshop and on there were, it was two days. It was Saturday and Sunday and then Monday was a day that was just for her graduates. Saturday and Sunday was for everybody and Monday was just the people who had gone through everything. Mm. And on Monday this woman was there and her husband was supposed to be there and her husband decided not to show up. And they had gotten into a big fight. And She was like, she kept on asking Allison, like, what can I do to get him to, what can I do to get him to do this or to do that or to understand, to see it this way it, And Allison's like, you can't, you can't, he has made the decision to not accept this and there's nothing you can do. And then she started crying because the,
0: yeah, it's all a choice. Every, the decision to open your eyes in the morning is a choice. It's a choice. To eat the sandwich with ham or the one with vegetables is a choice. To be kind or not kind is a choice. To love your spouse or your significant other, it's a choice. To
1: to honor yourself first. and to honor others is a choice. Absolutely. It's a choice. Um, so that's how I spent the weekend. <laughs> choosing that's fun. to be human. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, I should get bumper stickers made that says choose human. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Or choose humane. Choose humane. Choose humanity. You know, humanity. human, human, humane is, is, ease. going from human to humane is easy. You just add an E to it. <laughs> I love little things. Like that.
0: Uh, I then I I hope you send me some uh, reads that I can stick on the links page for this. That sure, yeah, they can share out to people listening. To Absolutely, the, you know, Bernie Brown of course has. A, I love yeah, Bernie yeah. Brown. Uh, there's the whole thing about the little lizard brain and the tiger in the back seat, and that's all very good.
1: And I love her her stuff around shame. Oh, for sure. The shame is ours for sure
0: and again that's a choice it's a choice it's exactly it's a choice yeah people do unto you
1: all the time yeah allison talks about holding your space Mm. you know you have this 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 boundary and you have to hold your space and if you collapse your space that's when you feel shame that's when the other stuff that people vomit on you Mm -hmm. sticks to you Mm -hmm. because you collapse your face space but if you hold your space it's like a force field
0: there's a lot of shame around owning one's no yeah a lot of shame to know okay not k-n-o-w but n-o-n-o yeah
1: i know and it's hard for me because i'm a yes and person yes and is one of my noble qualities and uh, noble qualities is something that you learn when you take the, the courses through Allison. When you take being extraordinary as a man or being extraordinary as a woman, she takes you through the whole process where you find what your noble qualities are, and then those are your fuel tanks that fuel you so that you can be your best self. They're the qualities that make you your best self. And then she shows you how to fill those tanks. You know, you go through this worksheet where you figure out the things you need to fill those tanks, and it's individual for every person. Yeah. Yeah. And my noble qualities is passion, freedom, adventure, contentment, inspire, yes, and. Mm. And I'm realizing that the yes, and, I love doing, but it also gets me in trouble. (laughs) In fact, all of them do. If I do too much of them, it depletes me too quickly. So I need to uh, moderate the amount of that.
0: Won't it be lovely when... We, as a humanities whole, gets to a point where <clears throat> it's not extraordinary anymore, it's ordinary. Yeah. I can't wait. I mean, it won't be in my lifetime, most likely. Not to be a pessimist, but, you know.
1: <laughs> well, once we get to the ex- where the extraordinary is the ordinary, we'll be striving for the next extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Because we won't see that we've reached the extraordinary from our previous ordinary.
0: I get your... Yeah, the look on your face is hilarious right now. <laughs> but I actually followed that for some inexplicable reason. I hope everyone else has follow that. <laughs> There'll be a chart on the podcast uh, website. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to be better about not saying just kidding after my jokes. <laughs> but they're jokes. I know, but... And you are just kidding. I know, but I don't... That's a qualifier. That's a... Yes, saying, it is. Saying just kidding means that I believe that someone in the room is going to have issue with the fact that I just said a thing. And that's self-consciousness. That's It's your emoticon. It, so trying to... And I, I'm, I'm much better at it now than I was in the past, but I do find it slipping out of my mouth. And me saying, just kidding, is, has nothing to do with me. It's me placating someone else in the room that I think is about to judge what I just said. So I'm working on that. I know. That's a lot.
1: I just. <laughs> no, it makes total sense. I followed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there'll be a flow chart on the We're website full... later for everyone else just at home. <laughs> my eyeball. I'm
0: sorry. I keep rubbing my eyeball. Is it, Look at it. It's like, it's red. It is red. I think I must have gotten an eyelash in there or something. I'm just going to keep this eye shut Okay. during our conversation. Do not be alarmed. Uh, it was a wayward lash, I think, that decided to.
1: Well, when you finally get it out, you can blow it and make a wish. The
0: grossest thing, that one of the grossest things I learned about the human body was how many eyelashes get absorbed back behind your eyeball. And I I just keep thinking, now I know it breaks down. But when I learned that as a younger person, I remember thinking like, oh my God, there's this giant hairball of eyelashes behind my eye. So
1: disgusting. Anyway. Our body consumes <laughs> so much of uh, ourselves. What is it absolutely. like every seven years we have a whole new set of cells? Regenerative, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there are
0: some parts of us that don't do that, but most of us do. Although they used to say the brain doesn't do that and now they're starting to say, Oh maybe maybe it does. But I don't know if it's a regenerative thing as more of a rewiring thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I'll have to look that up. Now I'm going to go look that up. I'll be right back.
1: And then then you'll find some neuroscientists to be on your show to explain I've had a couple. It's
0: been... I love neuroscience. I think it's fascinating. But enough about me. Let's get back to you. Okay. Okay. so.
1: So that was my weekend this weekend. Yes. Got into the process of honoring, learning how to honor myself and somebody else. Um uh uncoupling my one of the things i i gleamed from it is that i was able to uncouple my self-awareness that i'm always striving for with my need to understand so i can be aware of something and notice it and acknowledge it and celebrate it but i don't have to break it down and understand it and it was so nice Um, almost like getting permission. Like she gave us all permission to to uncouple understanding. We don't need to understand. We can. You're more than welcome to go and find complete understanding of why you do something or how you do something, but it's not necessary. Or how and why somebody else does something. You can just acknowledge that someone is being a good person towards you or a bad person towards you um, without having to understand why. Like, I don't want to understand why, um, going back to the last podcast, why my ex-boyfriend tied me up and raped me. I don't need to understand the why, mm-hmm. but I can see it, I can acknowledge it, and I can put it in its little container so that I protect myself.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Spoiler alert, by the way. If you This is part two of a very wonderful uh an intense conversation of part one. So if you didn't know there was a part one, definitely go back and listen to it. Because yeah. it's definitely worth the listen. What, uh, you are about to go on an adventure. There's a whole lot of stuff coming uh, in your down yeah. your pipeline. Um, let's talk about Athena. In okay. General.
1: So I am, uh, much like our cells regenerate, I go through persona regeneration. And I'm getting ready to do one. I'm getting ready to launch myself as Aunt Athena. Uh, they'll be on com. it's uh, going to be launching hopefully February 11th is what I'm looking at which is when I get on an airplane and fly to Panama which is my next location then my website is also going up and my perfect. Instagram is going to change over it should work and... out
0: perfectly for when these air okay it'll, it'll be up for just maybe a week or something so
1: okay yeah perfect Yay! Yay. Um, But I made the conscious choice not to have any children. I know I just talked about I had four miscarriages. I was also completely insane during that period of time. I tried to have a baby with my husband because our marriage wasn't working already. Mm. And so subconsciously... That's not uncommon. It's totally not uncommon. I was like, oh, let's have a baby. It'll be great. It's the same reason
0: why some couples get married when they shouldn't because they think, oh, well, this will save the relationship. Let's get married babies unfortunately are also in that pile and so
1: I'm glad I don't have any children mm-hmm. you know I, I'm sure people at home were like oh she had four miscarriages I was like no it was a blessing totally a blessing I never wanted to have kids I wasn't this kid growing up that played with dolls I took them apart to see how they worked and you're not allowed to do that with live babies yeah you're not allowed to do that they get babies. mad at you yeah <laughs> oh the whole world gets mad at you yeah that's a bad idea definitely judgment on that one <laughs> don't take your babies apart no and um, so I, I never really wanted to have kids, and I, as I'm getting older, I'm 49 now, I, I'm sort of like, well, who am I then as a woman? And I was in a deep state of meditation and relaxation when, a, like, a gong went off in my head, and I was like, I'm Aunt Athena. I am Aunt Athena. I mean, I'm Aunt Athena to eight nieces and nephews. All my siblings had kids. But I'm purely Aunt Athena. Like, I'm not a mom and an aunt. I'm just an aunt. And and you're a good aunt. And I'm a good aunt. I'm a cool aunt. So I am going to be Aunt Athena to everyone. I'm going to travel the world, live with indigenous tribes, live with women who live tribally, and take on my position in their like I'm like who would I be as a woman in that tribe and I want to do those duties I want to learn those skills I want to live that way I'm going to film my experiences I'm going to put it up on auntathena.com Very, very cool. And everyone's allowed to follow along. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am open to failing and I'm open to succeeding. I am very, I'm going to go in with a naivete of I have no idea and I'm just here to learn and I want to share what I learn and everyone can learn along with me.
0: I think making the world smaller is a noble practice and it's so necessary more than ever perhaps maybe it's always been but it feels more than ever
1: yeah and there's a lot of shows with adventure hosts but they're male and they don't get into the female world and i want to tell the woman's story um so that's why i'm going down to panama is i'm going to start there are so many tribes in panama and I'm going to start there. Yeah, we talked about this in the
0: first episode, and, and I love it. And your are not the first episode, but the first Athena episode. Uh, to get really in there and become a part of the tribes.
1: Mm-hmm. What a wonderful idea. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And I have uh, a couple tribes that are interested. They, I met, um, I have a contact down in Panama that I've talked to that works within the uh, Darien, which is actually, the Darien National Park is actually quite a dangerous place, especially the Darien Gap, which is this space in between Colombia and Panama, sort of a nomad's land, and it's controlled by tribes. So I have to be really careful. I have to make sure that I have safe passage and that I have a family that wants to bring me in. So as of right now, I have a couple tribes that are interested, or I should say not tribes, but families that are interested. But until they meet me, they don't want to give me a full thumbs up or thumbs down. And that's fair. That's totally fair. So I'm going to go down there. And I'm going to meet with my guide and we're going to do a seven day in the Darien meeting all these people and all these different tribes. And if that's all that it ends up being for me for this point then that's fine. But I will be meeting families and hopefully we'll get to stay and uh, and be there. And I'd like to spend a month. And you'd like to see this parlayed rightfully so into a television program. I would love for this to parlay into a, a television show. My... My goal, my top goal, is Nat Geo. I would love for this to be a Nat Geo show, maybe with like some sort of Smithsonian sponsorship, some something along those lines. Um, and because I'm not a trained anthropologist, I'm not a you know like scientifically trained in some giant field where I'm working on my PhD. I get to go in clean. I get to see these people. Just for who they present themselves to me. I get to honor myself, and then I get to use the process of honoring them for who they are. They get to tell me their cultural background, not some whitewashed book. Mm-hmm. They get to tell me, they get to show me their skills. They get to show me their traditions. They get to show me their lives and, their, and how they survive and how they work together and their partnerships. And I get to see it all clean. I've had so many people recommend, oh, you should read such and such book. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, so-and-so did something like that. You should read that or you should watch this or watch that. that. changes
0: your experience. You're going in for your experience.
1: I'm going in to be the audience. Mm. And everyone gets to experience what I experienced the way I experienced it. And in the end, I'll end up doing some closing monologue about my experience of uh diving into whatever the culture is but it's going to come purely from that it's not going to come from wikipedia it's not (laughs) going to come from Mm. you know some it's going to come from what they present to me do you have any fears uh, with this a a personal safety Mm -hmm. i have a gigantic personal safety fear huge because in a lot of cultures women are brutalized women are seen as objects they're seen as property and the little bit of interaction I've had with tribes when I was in Peru and when I was in Bolivia I didn't see that at all so I have some confidence that like maybe that's the story being told here and not the reality there But I still am worried about my personal safety and living with this family and what if they gang up on me or what if all the men decide that I'm the new flavor of the month or so I'm and an experience as an
0: interloper is oftentimes different than the experience of the person that's in the thing. Yeah. I mean we've talked about narcissists and sociopaths, they're excellent at making everyone love them Mm -hmm. and then when you're alone in the room with them, their whole shit changes so
1: yeah i mean that's a certainly a valid yeah valid fear so so i do have a personal safety fear i carry a tracker with me oh. and um it's a garmin in reach plug them because i think they have an amazing product and uh while it's on i can be tracked anywhere there's 25 people that have my tracking they're my you know, my 25 closest friends and family um and so while i'm there i'm gonna keep it on at all times so somebody knows exactly where i am and it has an sos button so if there is an emergency if i break an ankle or you know whatever get attacked by an anaconda um i probably won't be able to get to the sos in time before it swallows me but uh i can hit an sos button and the closest uh snr search and rescue will be alerted and they'll send somebody to pick me up and i have an insurance plan through the Garmin that my everything is covered from picking me up off of a mountaintop, taking me to a hospital, getting me fixed up and air me mm-hmm. back to California.
0: Do you already know the places that you're going to go besides the one that's coming next? Or do you, are you going to just, so I definitely want to do
1: Darien <laughs> and I definitely want to do the San Blas Islands. The San Blas Islands. so funny. The, everything I read, like the little um, TripAdvisor type of things All the little travel blogs It's like 365 islands One for every day of the year And, and, uh, and then I recently um, Found something from Like January 2019 Where somebody wrote That they tried to go to all 365 But there aren't 365 That some of them have already gone underwater mm, Jesus, Because of our rising sea level So the other thing I'm going to cover in my show I'm going to have to it's going to be innate to the show is what are the changes in our climate affecting you personally and your survival as a tribe they live off the land so in every tribe that you come to you're going
0: to need an interpreter is that is that provided to you through the tribe itself or have you had to find that separately (laughs)
1: So the guide that is licensed that I'm working with now, he's licensed to be a guide in the dairy, and he speaks the languages of the tribe. And he speaks uh, Spanish. Um, And he speaks English, but not as well. And I speak Spanish probably as well as he speaks English, so we'll have that commonality. Um, So I will be using him as an interpreter. But once I live with a tribe for a month, and I'll figure that out when I get down there, But I'd like to try to do it um, even outside the language barrier. Like, I'd like to try to do it with just me. Isaac's a guy. He can't go into some of these sacred female spaces because he's a guy. So I'm going to have to figure this out. Um, What gave me the idea to do this in the first place? Did I ever tell you?
0: Mm-mm. so well, you when, haven't told them
1: well i haven't told, told them, them. You okay told me. so when i was in peru my airbnb host uh had a friend who lived in pocartambo and he um had access to the keto nation and the keto nation it's q apostrophe ero if anybody wants to look it up they are considered the last of the incan empire the last of the incan bloodline they don't like calling themselves incan they're kettle and they're up at like fifteen thousand feet in the Andes in and the, the, the the fucking gorgeous. It was insane up there. They're just
0: all lungs and feet. Right? They're, they're lungs and
1: feet. They're little people. Yeah. <laughs> and I posted a whole bunch of pictures from them uh, on my Instagram, but that's way far back in the timeline so anyway so we go and i'm the only female and it's my airbnb host his friend the when we were hiking our driver um when we were hiking down um Uh, to Keto we met the professor that was in charge of the school for all the kids because all the kids um, study together and they have their own school where they learn Quechua which is the Keto language and then Spanish so they're learning both languages Um, so but all men and then me and I'm the only like I paid for this whole experience And, and they live in four different villages and they move once a year or so so that they give the land time to rest before they go, then they go to another land. So this was the day before they were moving. It was the last day of school. They were going to do this 11-mile hike that I was getting ready to do. And so we, um, so I got to see all the kids and everything, and then we hiked down to Lower Keto. And everyone has four homes. Every family has four homes. They pack everything up, and then they move to their other home, and it's just there waiting for them. It's been there for a year. There's, there's homes, there's churches, there's a school, there's everything in this other little area. And that all of that existed where we were. And then a year from there, they'll move to even another one and take all the livestock and everything with them. It's a beautiful way of living. That's fascinating. So when we came back, we went from 15,000 feet to 12,000 feet and then back up to 15,000 feet in a day, 22 miles it was a lot and it was a altitude I was gonna say that's I I did okay but I was slow going back up and the sun was setting and it was freezing fucking cold cold, and we were not dressed for that temperature and they're all chewing on coca leaves and I have an adverse reaction to coca leaves gives me horrible diarrhea and sometimes vomiting so it's well cocaine will do that too yes and cocaine (laughs) does that too so like I have to stay away from coca leaves and they're offering me coca- leaves <laughs> Come on, just, just eat these. And I'm like...
0: Because um. it pops their metabolism way up. and yeah. So
1: they're all warm. And they're like, let's go! Let's do this. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And they're like, can we hold your backpack? And I'm like, it's keeping me warm and there's nothing in it. Like I had drank all my water. There was literally... I, had, I have all the clothes that were in my backpack were on my body. Oof. And my backpack was empty. Like, I, I, had like I, had, I had a first aid kit in it. There was like nothing in my backpack. But it's keeping me warm. So I don't want to take it off. So I was slow... And we, we finally make it back, and we're freezing, and we get brought into this room, not too much bigger than the one we're in right now, which is a closet with books in it <laughs> uh, for the viewers at home who do not know. And, uh, and just as I sit down uh, with the guys, and there were other guys from the village there, one of the women is in a doorway and motions to me to, to, um, to follow her. So I get up. And I go and I follow her, and we go into a room that's twice the size of the room that we're in, and there's a giant pot on a wood-burning stove, and and they're making something. And they're making hot chocolate. And they're going to show me how to make hot chocolate. And they... You know, I don't speak their language. They don't speak my language. And here I am now shaving chocolate, and they're showing me the proper way of getting it into the pot, the proper way of pouring the milk in. I don't know what animal the milk came from, but probably a goat or a I, probably a sheep or alpaca. Yeah, like fifteen thousand oh, a- feet oh, yeah, alpaca. That's that's a good. Yeah, yeah I good don't. Guess. But it tasted good. I don't care. It's a good guess. But how much milk? How much water? Putting the sugar cane in, and like the whole process, and they're just pointing. Showing and pointing, demonstrating, pointing, showing, pointing. And we make the, this beautiful hot chocolate and we go into the other room and we sit down and we all hand the guys their cups. And I sit down and I realize they have no clue. They do not know what goes on behind that wall. There were only women behind that wall. And Spanish is being spoken and Quechua is being spoken and everyone's having their conversations or enjoying our chocolate and we're warming up and just the ideas formulating in my head of like, I want to go behind that wall. I have the opportunity to go behind that wall. And I want to show everyone what's behind that wall because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Women working together is beautiful. And I want to show that. So that's what I'm going to do.
0: Beautiful. I love it. I love it. How... Now this might be an ignorant question. I think back to the movie uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy when the Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola bottle falls from the sky. How does a woman of this century and this knowledge and all that step in some cases probably back in time and not affect
1: well I'm only going to be I'm only going to have access to tribes that welcome me and these are modern people of their area I'm not stepping back in time I I don't mean
0: I don't mean that in a sense of uh, uh, how
1: do I mean there are tribes I'm not going to be privy to you know like the tribe that just killed that well sure why would you go there the, yeah the, the missionary the missionary that went to Papua new guinea no matter how many times they said don't go there you'll be <laughs> killed and then, <laughs> and then like, they oh, well. went and they killed
0: him yeah 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 so i'm not going there i don't mean it like that safety wise i mean it like, even mechanically um
1: how am i a, not going to affect them yeah i mean there's just, I you are yeah and so how do and you they're gonna affect it? the rest of the world yes and i'm gonna affect them okay Um, I also know in my heart of hearts that once the show gets picked up or once I get enough subscribers that I'm making money to to crew up, my entire crew will be female. All boots on the ground will be women. I'd love for my editors and sound designers and all that, once I completely crew up a show, to also be women. So it's women telling the woman's story, Mm -hmm. but I also want to take 10% of the money raised and give it to the women of that tribe. So I am going to affect them, but my goal is that I affect them in a positive way that brings their entire tribe to uh, in, inspires a a I don't want to say an improvement, but a uh, an advancement, an advancement in the direction that they want it to uh, go. Yeah, that's in. that's
0: that's my that's my question right there. What you just said, an
1: advancement. That they want to go in. That they want to go in. Yeah,
0: that's the crux, right? Yeah, that's that's the. You know, if they use, use the money
1: one. to to pay for a teacher to come in because they want the whole tribe to now learn English, that's their decision. You know, but. I'm not going to shoot this whole thing. You're not and being take... a white
0: savior. No.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not going really be a white savior. I'm not taming the heathens. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <you laughs> they, they don't know you're a heathen. <laughs> yeah, right? So I, as a thank you for them inviting me into their lives and uh, allowing me to be privy to these intimate mm-hmm. uh, moments, these sacred moments for women, uh, i uh, they're part of the crew. Uh, they're the story, and I feel obligated. Um, they deserve part of what the rest of the world um, provides for me. I'm going to provide for them.
0: How are you making money as you go along?
1: You your Subscribers, right now. Okay, so. I liquidated my entire life in Los Angeles. I sold my home and all my belongings, and I have enough money to live for two years and, and wander, and I, I'm living on $1,000 a month, so I'm not, like, five-star hotels. I'm Airbnb. I'm, every once in a while, couch surfing, and I was staying in hostels, but I, I much prefer Airbnb because I'm living with a family. By the way, we have several couches here, just FYI. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Next time um, journeying back. Okay. I know
0: you have, like, a billion
1: friends here, but. And, um, and so, uh, so while I, um, so I gave myself two years to just wander and figure out what is next for Athena. And the first year was literally just wandering. I went to South America, I went to Cusco, I learned how to speak Spanish fairly well, worked with endangered species, went all down into Bolivia and off-roading in Uyuni and I saw a solar eclipse in Chile and learned how to tango in Buenos Aires. And I was just free to explore. And in that exploration, I knew that opportunities would come to me and ideas would come to me and I'd figure out what's next for Athena. And it was at the like the end of two thousand nineteen, that I came up with Aunt Athena. It was in um, June. Yes, it was at end of May, beginning of June. That I was like, oh, I want to tell this woman's story, where I make making the chocolate at the keto Nation. Like, I, I I want to go live with them for. Actually, I want to go live with them for a year. But I want to live with them for a month and 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 see like. What is each tribe's girls coming of age tradition? Everyone has that menstrual cycle tradition. What I I don't know. I'm super curious. Mm-hmm.
0: What is it? Mine was in a bathroom in a Duke's restaurant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um mine was the the day after my bat mitzvah. <laughs> it just timed out that way. Oh, wow. I had my bat mitzvah Muzzle and the next day I started my period. It was like mazel It's like wow. So that was the coming of age and I literally did it. But um, but there was no there was no ceremony. Like in, in the Jewish tradition you have this mikvah that you, you get to bathe at the mm-hmm. end at each one and it's this beautiful ceremony that you get to go through and And uh, I kind of wish I I had that. It was sort of like, okay, here's a pad. This is going to happen once a month. Yeah, yeah, it hurts. And I didn't. So how do other women in other places approach it and deal with it? I know in some countries, the girls stop going to school because of shame. You know, and then so their education is held back. That happens in this country. Yeah.
0: There are girls that can't afford feminine hygiene products, and they,
1: they just don't go to school. Yeah, that.
0: yeah, it's not a good thing.
1: My sister in law works for an or it works for she's the director of development for an amazing organization called Period, and it's all about that's on the nose, <laughs> right? And it's all about. You know, feminine hygiene and education, and the we we have to stop shaming, and and it's a phenomenal organization, and I love the work that she's doing. She's an incredible woman and human being, and so happy for my brother. Um, so. Uh, So anyway, I want I want to tell those stories. But so it was it was 2019 was all about what's next for Athena. And I was just open, completely open to all possibilities. I didn't know what was going to be next. You know, I came back to L.A. and I shot two national commercials right out of the gate, one for DirecTV AT&T and one for Target. And I was like, maybe this is what's next for me. Maybe I do need to come back. You got the Target I did get the target high five. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. So so now it, so now it's it, it's um and it should be airing soon. I think Target is a springtime commercial, but I think the DirecTV one should already be airing. But I don't know. I that's some nice uh, cash in the wallet. Yeah. yeah well, maybe you never a know. National commercial. Yeah. the 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 days of the hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollar commercials. I mean, that's flow from Progressive, like this is it'll probably air for a couple months or so and then they'll shoot another one Um, we're so add in our technology and our entertainment that we have to see a new commercial new commercial new commercial new commercial if we see it too many times we filter it out so they don't air these national commercials for years on end it just doesn't happen like that anymore um but it's money You know, and it helped helps fuel my trip last a little bit longer, so I'm not discounting it, I'm not poo-pooing it. But I thought maybe that's what's next. Maybe I'm supposed to come back to LA and and seriously pursue my acting career, which I've been seriously pursuing for twenty eight (laughs) years. But come back and do it again. And then this idea just came to me and everything started falling in place. It's like Abraham Hicks' Law of Attraction. And there's this grid with all these little squares and this square and that square and this square and this friend of a friend. And as I tell people the idea, they're just like, yes, yes, yes. And my noble, one of my noble qualities is yes and, and everyone else is yes anding me. So I'm on the right path. And just like how am I going to shoot I have a friend of mine that sat down with me and showed me like this is how you do a three camera interview and this is where you should set up the cameras and I'll edit it for you we'll set up a, 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 an online server and you can upload all the footage and I'll put it together for you and he's like an amazing editor and like everyone just started like I'm going to do this for you I'm going to do sound design I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and I'm like okay now I have to do this it needs to be told it needs to be done And so that's... It's the
0: universe saying yes and to
1: you. Yep. Yeah. Completely. And it's this is my exciting. child. This is what I'm going to birth.
0: You'll have to uh, email me so I can keep people abreast of where you are and what's going on. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm, just, I'm sure that and many will follow you on Athena. Yeah, on
1: Athena. On Athena.com. On It's a subscription service for the first year, for 2020. The subscription is going to be $19.70 for the year. Great. That's it. I was born in 1970. I'm turning 50 this year. This is my gift to the world. For this first year, you can subscribe for $19.70. As long as you maintain your subscription, it will never go up. It will always be nineteen dollars and seventy cents. If you cancel it and you come back, it's at whatever the the new rate is. But um, Fantastic. Yeah. I wish you
0: so much success on this. I mean, all the success. Thank I think you. it's a really when you first told me when we first met, which hasn't been that long, and you first told me about this, I I thought, yes, absolutely, one thousand percent this needs to happen. So. Yeah. Sorry for all the math people that just said thousand percent doesn't
1: exist, but you know what It I'm does. <laughs> it does. Everything exists. Everything exists as long as you believe that it does. Amen to that.
0: Uh, really quickly, I know we're we've now taken up so much of your time, but um, uh, Burning Man. Yeah. Just a synopsis, because I you can come back for number three when you come back into town. Okay. We'll talk about Burning Man more completely, but as a teaser. Okay. I think we so... teased last time for. Maybe, I don't even remember. I could do this to
1: get a quick nutshell because I've done it so many times. Sure. I, uh, in 1999, I went to my first Burning Man. In uh, 2000, Two, I started producing with uh, four of my friends, the L.A. Burning Man Decompression Arts and Music uh, Festival in downtown L.A. We took over some streets and we did a street festival so that everyone coming back, and it still happens in October, everyone coming back from Burning Man, you sort of get a culture shock of like, you were just in Utopia and now you're not so so it's re-entry it's re-entry uh, we call it decompression because you, it's your time to kind of get a little bit of burning man back get around your peeps again get around the art again but within the city so that when you go back out you still have it in mm. your soul so it it's a transition and uh so many people wouldn't even unpack their Art. It would just come to the event covered in dust, and then people would roll around in the little bit of dust that was that was on the streets of L.A., which I actually found kind of gross, But because then you're rolling around in the streets of L.A. Um, in 2008, we moved it to the L.A. State Historic Park. We were sponsored by California State Parks, and it was a beautiful partnership between California State Parks and the L.A. League of Arts, which is a public benefit corporation that I started to umbrella the entire Uh, LA Burning Man arts community because there's a lot of artists that want to file for grants or they need funding or sometimes they just need a corporate entity in order to build the thing that they want to build and I created an infrastructure for that and now there's a board of directors and there's a president and I was president and um, CEO for years well forever and then I stepped down and handed it over to the community. Um, but DCOM started as an 800-person event, went to an 8,000-person event by 2012. We almost got permission to burn a 20-foot piece of art in downtown L.A., and then L.A. got cold feet. It's okay. I understood. I, I backed off my pressure. I could have won that war, but I could see that there was... L.A. has a complicated relationship with fire, obviously. They do. They do. Um, I would still like to see that happen, but I understand. I understand. I understand. When they're ready... They will come to us, and we will do it. And it'll be a great source of healing for this city. Amazing source of healing. Anyway, for 13 years, I produced this event for L.A. and the Burning Man community, as well as film festivals, newbie orientations, um, just all sorts of things for Burning Man, Burners, the community at large, the L.A. art community at large. Um, And... I was an official Burning Man ambassador to Los Angeles. That We call them regional contacts um, from 2009 to 2017. And therefore, I I was like a conduit from the Burning Man organization to Los Angeles. In 2014, I took my mother to Burning Man after years of her being like, Oh, honey, I don't know. That's a scary place. And then all of a sudden, she's like, Oh, I want to go to Burning Man. Okay, um. <laughs> and uh, it was shortly after my father had passed away, so we went to Burning Man. We took mementos of his and honored him at the Temple Burn, and my mother had the time of her life. She didn't do any drugs at all. Did she go topless? No. It, for her standards, yes. But no. She wasn't naked. But not wearing uh um, bra, uh Camisole and a shirt, just camisole. I was pretty naked. That was pretty naked for my mom. So um, I was very proud of her. And the bright colors and crazy outfits and light up things. And she had a string of light up roses that she loved wearing every night. And we had a little golf cart for her. Mm-hmm. She loved it. She loved it. She said that it gave her hope for humanity, where she had none. She was depressed for her grandchildren, and now she wasn't. And she hopes everyone at some point can gain a little bit of that hope that she did by going to Burning Man. It put a smile back on her face. She said it was the most beautiful thing that she had ever seen, and she was so happy that she went. What do you think the biggest misconception about Burning Man? Sex, yeah. drugs, and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks it's a hedonist in place where everyone's doing drugs and having sex with each other. That camp exists. It's called Orgy Dome. Um They actually frown down upon you doing drugs while you're there. They they want, they want you Sober, present. Sober, yeah. present Consensual. Consent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But that element exists but we live in Los Angeles and I don't know what the actual numbers are but I bet per capita more people do drugs in LA than at Burning Man I'm just just guessing but I've been to Burning Man 14 times and I'm pretty sure that there's more drug use going on here in Los Angeles Uh, but it's a place where there are 10 principles in in LA, we have 11. I added an 11th. But it, Burning Man has 10. It's Leave No Trace. Oh, this is like the seven dwarfs. I don't know if I'm going to be able to name them all. I could pull out my phone and get them for you, though. It's uh, Leave No Trace, um, Radical Self-Reliance, Radical Self-Expression, um, Immediacy, uh, which is Meeting the Immediate Need of the Time in the Moment, decommodification that always flubs up everyone because they think no money no spending and yes there is no money you can't buy anything there except for coffee and ice but what it means is don't add false value to something decommodification i could spend an entire podcast on these principles let me tell you so decommodification just means, you know, don't decide that something is worth more than it is. You have Nike shoes. This is going to be an example that's going to piss some people off, but I'm going to do it anyway. Nike shoes. The shoe itself, the materials that it's made out of, costs a certain amount of money. And the labor to make it costs a certain amount of money. And to ship it to the United States so that you can buy it costs a certain amount of money. That's intrinsic value. You put a swoosh on it. And now they're gonna cost you four hundred dollars. So that's commodifying. You know, they talk about commodified futures. You know, the cost of orange juice. Oh, so or we commodify everything. We commodify Absolutely. everything. Kind so of Burning Man thing. is about decommodification.
0: Okay.
1: You know, don't don't commodify your happiness. Let it be pure. Um what are the other That was five. That was five. <laughs> I have to look them up. Hold on.
0: Okay, it's fascinating. I've not been to Burning Man, but uh, like everyone else, I have looked at pictures, and it looks beautiful and and intense.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's intense. It is one of the most unforgiving places on earth. So it puts you in survival mode, and it's yet everyone—it's right? sand. sand. It's a dry lake bed, mm. and it's gypsum. Mm. So it's like living inside of a sheet of drywall. That is so drying. Yes. It just makes me thirsty thinking about it. Yes. Oh. Yes. So we have radical inclusion, gifting. It's a gifting economy, and gifting isn't barter. Barter's not gifting. Barter's commodification. Gifting is you give of yourself or a thing, expecting nothing in return. It is purely a gift. Decommodification, we talked about radical self-reliance, which I find self-explanatory. You just need to be able to take care of yourself. But that also allows you, when you take care of yourself, to have enough to take care of others Mm -hmm. when they need it. And that fulfills immediacy. Because every once in a while, you might get hit over the head with a piece of art, and then you cannot be radically self reliant. Someone needs to take care of you and get you to the med tent. There's a full hospital, not a full hospital, but there's our version of a hospital. They can do x rays on site, you know. If you really need, like, surgical care or life saving care, they can life flight you to Reno. Um, there's an airport. We have our own. Uh, Public, there's a police force. Not a police force. I looked like that was the word you were trying to think yeah, of. Yeah, it's not, it's not a police force. We're not <laughs> policing. They're a public safety uh, volunteer public safety organization called the Black Rock Rangers, and they're there just to make sure everyone is having a good time and not impinging anyone else's good time or destroying art radical self-expression speaking of art you can fully express yourself you want to wear a tutu on tuesday do it you want to dress like a taco on tuesday do it no one's going to fault you for anything have you been following me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um so radical self-expression is i love is that there's a so
0: radical in front of it as because we're so locked down in a society of who we are versus who we want the world to see us as blah blah blah, blah yeah that it becomes
1: radical to just be one's true self yes actually yeah. it's step even beyond your true self and try on something slightly outside of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and then come Back to your true self Or not And that's what The radical is for Push Push your own Personal boundaries A little bit Um, Communal effort Nothing can be done By yourself And Burning Man Absolutely Cannot be done By one Um, I have read articles about people that go with just a backpack on their back and they're going to do it all by themselves. And then they talk about the kindness of strangers and getting water from this person and food from that person and they helped out on this art project. And I'm like, well, that was communal effort. You didn't do it on your own. You want to do it on your own, go mountain man in the middle of the wilderness where there's nobody and get off trail. But watch Revenant first. Yeah, but watch (laughs) Revenant first so you don't get eaten by a bear. (laughs) Civic responsibility. We could all do a little bit better with civic responsibility just in our day-to-day lives. Leave no trace.
0: Um that's a, something that I find also so cool is that you, thousands upon thousands of people descend onto this space and once they leave you would never
1: have known they were there. 70,000 people build an entire city and live in it for a week. Isn't it fascinating what well, we're capable of? And then leave as if we were never there. And yet... And yet I, our oceans are covered I, I in mean, plastic. I mean,
0: that's the thing. It's like, how? where does the disconnect? I know it's 70,000 people versus seven point whatever it is now, a billion people. But still, I go down to the bottom of our driveway here and, oh, am I knocking something else? Down to the bottom of the driveway here with a, a bag once a week and pick up all the trash that is collected through the block and I'm constantly amazed at how much there. I have a full garbage bag full of crap that people toss out of their cars or maybe it gets swept up from garbage day or whatever if we all just made a tiny effort huge change would come of it that's my soapbox moment thank you very much Try the veal. All right. Don't try the veal if you're a vegan, though. You
1: won't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and they're not treated very well, so don't try the veal in general. No, they're terrible. Um, the, The other side of that I can add to is that the corporations just need to stop producing plastic. We need to come up with more sustainable ways of delivering the things that we need to each other, whether it be food or a microphone or a computer or whatever. We need to... Change. I can eat this microphone. Do you remember when,
0: I don't know if you had this, when I was little we uh, my parents would take me to Wajimeyer and it's the Japanese food market and uh, I would always get the rice candy and although the box itself obviously wasn't edible, the, the wrapping of the candy was edible and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. You would think that in a modern world, the technology, we could come up with food wrappers that you just eat that too.
1: Yeah, why not? Some, gel- some sort of. I ricy would love for the or. wrapper on my In-N-Out burger to be edible. That That's would be nice. Just make it hemp paper. Put a little cannabis on there.
0: Um, <laughs> We're making plans. We're making plans. The world.
1: <laughs> so leave no trace. Participation. You got to participate. Can't be a spectator. And immediacy. Which is just, um, uh, when you see an immediate need, you need, you, you meet it. Immediacy. Um, the, the, Not only your own, but another's. Yeah. Exactly. Honor yourself and then honor others. Such a great way to live. Right? Right? Honor
0: yourself. Honor So others. I believe Love that it. the
1: principles of Burning Man. Oh, and the 11th that I added for Los mm. Angeles was gratitude.
0: Mm.
1: And, uh so I believe that these principles are the principles of humanity. If we live like this, these are the principles of humanity. I love it. That brings the whole thing You are an circle.
0: extraordinary human being. I'm Thank very you. honored to know you. I think that what you have accomplished is many people perhaps could not have survived what you've survived. And what you're heading into is glorious and beautiful and I'm excited I can't wait for people to see all the things that you're gonna do and you said you were you're 40 you're turning 50
1: I'm turning 50 this year at the end of the year
0: and I love that too because I think that we get to a certain age and we think oh but you're getting to a certain age and you're saying oh what's next yeah yes
1: and I love
0: it I love that so you're you're a good role model in the world and I honor that in you Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming twice. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone. I haven't yet decided if I'm going to make this one of those episodes where the whole thing is one bit, and you can sort of stop and then keep going, or if they'll come out in, you know, one week and then the other week. I'll figure it out. That's on me, Athena, Athena auntathena.com.
1: Yes, A-U-N-T-A-T-H-E-N-A dot com, auntathena.com. It's auntathena on Instagram. And uh, and on all the places. It's all all the the same. All the places. And Uh, there'll be always,
0: always links. Always links. I wish you uh, safe travels. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Bye.